It's October 5th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cotnor. Our top stories today. The Moscow Times, an independent Russian news outlet, says that earlier this morning, Russian President Vladimir Putin finalized the annexation of four partially occupied Ukrainian regions with laws and decrees signed as his forces' losses on the battlefield continue to mount. Putin had submitted the draft's constitutional laws to lawmakers shortly after the four regions held sham referendums dismissed by Kyiv and its Western allies. Both houses of Russia's parliament passed Putin's bills unanimously this week. The Kremlin admitted earlier this week that it does not yet know the exact boundaries of the regions it's annexing, saying it will consult with locals to finalize their borders. In a briefing in Moscow, the Russian military conceded in updated maps of the fronts that they had recently incurred significant territorial losses. In my opinion, this doesn't change anything on the ground for the war and shouldn't change American resolve to support Ukraine. Russia has been threatening the use of nuclear and advanced weapons since the beginning of the war. Putin knows that using nuclear weapons crosses a line, and the fact that no one backs these annexations makes the fig leaf of self-defense even smaller. Listen to the latest Deep State Radio to hear more about what options Russia has left. In Politico's European edition this morning, EU ambassadors reached an agreement on an eighth round of sanctions to hit Vladimir Putin's war with Ukraine, including a price cap on Russian oil sales, according to European diplomats. For European leaders, the task has been to find new ways to target Moscow's income from energy while avoiding the risk of shortages, soaring prices, and potential blackouts at home this winter. The measures provide for the legal basis of the price cap, which was previously agreed by G7 countries. There is no decision yet on the actual price or the price range of the future cap, though the U.S. has suggested this will come within weeks. The package also aims to hit the Russian steel industry and deprive the Kremlin's military of key technologies. It includes more measures against individuals assisting Russian President Vladimir Putin's war effort. It also bans EU nationals from sitting on governing boards of Russian state-owned enterprises. Korea's conservative Jun Ong Daily reports that a Hyunmu missile crashed in a South Korean military base in the early hours of this morning during a joint drill by South Korea and the United States in response to North Korea's launching of intermediate-range ballistic missiles, according to Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff. Without specifying the exact location and time of the drills, the Joint Chiefs of Staff said that South Korea and the United States each launched two Army Tactical Missile System missiles during the drill which accurately hit mock targets and demonstrated the Allies' capability to deter future provocations. A Hyunmoon-2 missile was also fired, which crashed immediately after the launch due to an abnormal flight path. 
Elsewhere, the African Union has invited Ethiopia's government and Tigray forces to peace talks aimed at ending a two-year civil war in the country. The talks are planned for this weekend in South Africa, the Reuters news agency quotes diplomatic sources as saying. Ethiopia's national security advisor to the prime minister says the government has accepted the invitation. The GOE has accepted this invitation, which is in line with our principled position regarding the peaceful resolution of the conflict and the need to have talks without preconditions, he tweeted. Deutsche Welle is reporting that the Colombian government and leftist guerrilla group, the National Liberation Army, or ELN, have announced plans to restart peace talks suspended since 2019. The two delegations met in the Venezuelan capital of Caracas, where ELN commander Antonio Garcia said the negotiations would recommence after the first week of November. A place for the talks has not yet been announced. Venezuela, Cuba, and Norway are to serve as guarantors for the talks. President Gustavo Petro, a former member of the M-19 Urban Guerrillas, says he intends to fully implement a 2016 peace deal with the now demobilized Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, or FARC restart ELN talks, and begin dialogues with crime gangs. ELN Commander Garcia hinted that his group was looking for political and economic changes in return for laying down their arms. From Al Jazeera, at least 25 people have been killed after a bus carrying wedding guests veered off the road and fell into a deep gorge in northern India, police said. The vehicle was traveling along a treacherous mountain highway on Tuesday evening when it careened over the edge and plunged at least 1,640 feet with about 45 people on board. 20 people have been rescued, said the state's top police official, Ashok Kumar. Prime Minister Narendra Modi said that all possible assistance would be given to the survivors. In this tragic hour, my thoughts are with the bereaved families, he tweeted. As reported by Le Monde, free travel on Spanish commuter and medium-distance trains will be extended into 2023, the government said yesterday when unveiling a draft budget boasting record levels of welfare spending. The commuter train scheme was introduced on September 1st, with hundreds of thousands of people signing up for a measure initially slated to run until the year's end in a bid to ease soaring costs. But it will now be extended throughout 2023, the government said, allocating a 700 million euro provision to cover the scheme. The main challenge of our economy is inflation, said Economy Minister Nadia Calvino. Spanish inflation eased in September from a nearly four-decade high thanks to a drop in electricity and fuel prices, falling to 9% after spending three months in double digits. Given the ongoing inflationary pressure, the government also lowered its growth estimate from 2023 to 2.1%, down from an earlier prediction of 2.7%. In lighter news, the UPI has a story about a British artist known as Mr. Doodle, who caused a viral sensation when he unveiled the result of a two-year project to cover every inch of his 12-room mansion in Doodles. 
Mr. Doodle, aka Sam Cox, unveiled the Doodle House in a time-lapse YouTube video that showed the process of his transforming the Tenterden Kent mansion into an art project over the course of two years. Cox's mansion is now covered inside and out in the artist's doodles, including surfaces such as kitchen appliances and his bedsheets. Cox said he used about 240 gallons of white paint on the inside of the house and 400 cans of black spray paint for the outside to create a surface for his drawings, which were made with 2,296 pens. The artist said he will live full-time at the Doodle House with his wife, Elena, a.k.a. Mrs. Doodle, and their dog. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, we spoke with Syed Golkar, a non-resident senior fellow at the Chicago Council on Global Affairs for Iran Policy. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief. <laughs>